The Frequency 49 show is brought to you by Niner Empire GB. Frequency 49 show. I'm Kat Victorino, and joining me today are Deepak Gohill and Michael Wandry. Hi, guys. Hello again. Hello again. We are here. It is a mere three, four days away, whatever it is now, to Super Bowl 54. You guys, I am so flipping excited, I can't tell you. Okay, I'm nervous too. Okay, I'm a basket case. What can I say? It's the Super Bowl. Oh my God, you guys. How are you feeling? Uh, same as you, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so Super Bowl 54, Niners versus Chiefs, Miami, Florida on Sunday. Kickoff is at uh, 6.30 Eastern, I believe. I have to double check that. Anyway, that doesn't matter. The Niners lead this series all time, 7-6-0. and Our last meeting against the Chiefs was a 38-27 win for the Chiefs in week three of 2018 where we lost Jimmy Garoppolo for the season that year. Nine of the previous 13 meetings have seen the winning team win by 10 points. What are you looking for in this game this week, guys? Win. (laughs) (laughs) Aren't we all? (laughs) I I look for Shanahan hoisting the sixth Lombardi. Absolutely. So offensively, the Chiefs are fifth in the NFL, averaging 28.2 points per game and sixth in total yardage with an average of 379.2 yards per game. They're 23rd in rushing with average of 98.1 yards per game, fifth in passing offense with 281.5 yards per game. Meanwhile, the 49ers sit second in the NFL, averaging 29.9 points per game and fourth in total yardage at 381.1 yards per game. We're also second in the NFL in rushing yards, averaging 144.1 and 13th in passing yards with 237. Now, our passing yards, we didn't have a whole lot of passing yards in the championship game, guys. You think it's going to be run, run, run again? No. I, I hope so, but I agree with you, Michael. I don't think it will be run, run, run again. And I'll let you elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, um, um, Kansas City has mostly a playoff uh, video of our running game. And, and so they will try to stop the outside zone scheme. And um, I think Shenny will finally open his full playbook and uh, that involves Jimmy G. And so I think uh, we will see a lot of Jimmy in the Super Bowl. Uh, but uh, what actually happens, only Shani knows. Well, and we are fortunate enough to have the best tight end in the NFL in George Kittle. The boy can block, the boy can catch, the boy can run. He can run with three defenders on his back. Uh, who do the Chiefs have? That 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 Kelsey boy? Hmm, I don't know, guys. Yeah, how how long uh, is uh, single season rushing title in uh, 30 years? How long was the single season tight end yards in a season? Five minutes. <laughs> and it was snatched by our Georgie boy. Also, Kittle is 
is devastating in the running game. He's devastating in the passing game. He's devastating as a blocker. He's just going to own you if you let him. He, he's unstoppable. He yeah. is, he's probably the most formidable football player I can think of in recent years. And with him and Juszczyk, blocking for somebody like Mostert or um, anybody, any of our running backs, I'd like to see Breda back out there. I want my cheetah out there. Uh, I mean, is our run game unstoppable? I think it is. I think it is, but you mentioned um, Juice. We've got a fullback that can catch a 40-yard bomb. You know, it shows you we can we can hurt a team in many different ways. Um, Breda is an interesting one. I don't know if he's sort of dropped out of favor because of his uh, fumbleitis. You know, uh, I hope he hasn't because he's a uh, he's fast, but. Yeah. Maybe the, one of the reasons why he hasn't featured is because they don't want to show him too soon. I, d- I don't know. I, I think the way Shanahan engineers his plays is, is is personnel specific. If we need a fast edge rusher, well, Breed is your guy, isn't he? Most of your guy. Get to the edge. Lights well, out. Go and on. we kind of touched on it last week, Nathaniel, Lisa, and I were um, talking about that it definitely seems that Shanahan has admitted that he's going with the hot hand. And right now that hot hand belongs to Mostert. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> there's no doubt that he has got the hot hand. He broke all kinds of records in the NFC championship game, but uh, you've got him. We've also got Wilson as well. Don't forget. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. and, uh, we've got multiple threats. I think they'll be deployed in multiple situations rather than a specific play. Specific running back does all the running. I, I think he'll use different backs for different situations and different outcomes. Yeah, I think we see Wilson much more in this game uh, due to the fact that even if they uh, get uh, Tevin Coleman in the game, uh, his shoulder is a bit of a liability and I don't think they want to use him too often because of the risk that uh, it pops out again. Yeah. Defensively, on the other hand, the Chiefs are 7th in points allowed with 19.2 points per game, 17th in total yards allowed with 349.6 yards allowed per game, they're 26th in rushing yards allowed, 8th in passing yards allowed, Meanwhile, the 49ers are eighth in points allowed, second in total yards allowed, and better at the pass defense with being the first at 169.2 yards per game than the run defense, where it's 17th, averaging 112.6 yards per game. Are we worried about the defensive matchup here? I'm not worried about the defensive matchup at all. Um, I think when you look at the Chiefs' defense, they are quite high up there, but the bulk of their yards that they yield or give up uh, are over the middle. And they're one of the worst teams at defending tight ends. And guess who has dinner in the middle of the field? And it picks up a few few backs along the way and drags them with him. Yeah, and, well, an entire team clinging to his face. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, Saleh started to to, to trick too. I mean... I think what is was it last game when uh, suddenly uh, Bosa was on the on the inside. So uh, I mean we have four uh, five first rounders in that game and uh, in that D line that accounts for a lot. Yeah, I, I, 
seriously, I think, you know, the numbers add up, the pacing, no doubt. But I think in terms of personnel and how versatile and how fast, I think we're one of the fastest teams in the NFL right now and one of the fiercest when we hit. It's not that we're just fast. We make plays because we're fast. You know, we get to the quarterback. We we, we rush. We, we put the fear of God. Just look at Aaron Rodgers' post-game interview. Do you remember? The guy was like, he, he, he was talking as if he'd just been hit by a truck. <laughs> and I really love the versatility of the demons. I'm, um, I mean, um, when one guy drops out of the game or of the uh, whole team, if one guy drops out of the game, another takes a spot almost uh, with, without any problem. Ben Garland uh, jumped in for Richburg. Uh, I don't see a drop there. Um, in the first game, uh, we lost uh, Quan Alexander. Mark and Socha stepped in, and uh, that went through the whole season. And I think that's our strength. And uh, Kansas City, if they lose uh, key parts of their game, uh, it, it, it hurts them. The, look at the stretch when they lost uh, Mahomes. That's true. That is very true. The 49ers have racked up 57 sacks in 18 games this season, an NFL best. They're the seventh team in the last 15 seasons to reach the Super Bowl with 55 or more sacks. And all six previous teams have won. That's a nice omen. Defense wins championships, Cap. There it is. Uh, now, if Kyle, well, no, okay. Kyle and Mike Shanahan are also the first father and son to both be Super Bowl head coaches. I think his dad has a little bit of a say in what goes on. Uh, Do you think dad is coaching the coach? I think dad is going <laughs> to look over his shoulder and saying, you might want to do something different there, Sean. I think he, he definitely helps. <laughs> not only that, in 1995, there was a Shanahan uh, managing our offense. We won the Super yep. Bowl. He Now the we have a Shanahan <laughs> managing our offense. <laughs> so we're going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> the 49ers are also the third team in NFL history to reach the Super Bowl after winning four or fewer games in the previous season. And I believe to continue that stat, weren't the Rams? It was the Rams and there was one other team that went on to win the Super Bowl as well. That is a bonkers stat, isn't it? To, to be 4-12 and 12 and then hit the Super Bowl the very next year, that's, that's phenomenal. It's insane. It's like, how did we get here? But oh. this is what we've been building towards, right? Yeah. Every single game, we were an underdog or, no, you're not going to win. That would be ridiculous. But every single game, we've proved them wrong. Every single game. Even the ones we've lost, we've come back stronger than we were before. Uh, this team has peaked at just the right time as well. There is no uh, game plan how they win win a game. Uh, in one game, they crush the opponent by rushing over them. In the next game, uh, Jimmy uh, duels it out with Drew Brees. I mean, <laughs> uh, pick your poison. It's literally death by a thousand paper cuts. We'll find out a way that hurts you, and then we'll keep helping you that way. Yeah. Then we'll squeeze a little lemon juice in it too, just yeah. for good measure. That's right, you know. But it really <laughs> demoralizing. This team is like an anaconda. When he finds out what your weakness is, forget it. <laughs> You're done. It's all over. <laughs> it's like a hydra. 
cut off one yes. head and, and another head uh, will grow. Yeah, exactly. Love that. That's a great analogy. I love that. Well, here is probably my favorite piece uh, that Mark put for, put together for us. The Niners sit as a point and a half underdog for the game. I like being the underdog. I feel like every pundit and every media outlet has just kind of glossed over us all year. And they know they shouldn't. We did end up 13-3. and three. We are in the Super Bowl. But I feel like every time they ignore us, we just go out there with the attitude of, we're going to show you. Yeah, I'm saying this underdog thing, you know, it's just Vegas trying to make a bit of money on us. Because <laughs> <laughs> they know every idiot's going to bet for the Chiefs. They're going to make a lot of money on those bets. They really are. Yeah, but I also think uh, the team flourishes being an underdog. I mean, mostly it's uh, other faithful who are mourning about, oh, the media shows no respect, oh, other teams show no respect. Um, I think the, the team likes it to be uh, to have no respect, and it fuels the fire. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah, it really does, and it's it's motivated us all season long. You know, you're not going to beat Tampa, you're not going to beat the Bengals, you're definitely not going to beat the Steelers, and guess what? You've got the Panthers and the Rams coming. You guys suck. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Win, 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 win. Oh. <laughs> and we lost by a combined 13 points. I mean, that no other team uh, lost by uh, so few combined points. Uh, even the Baltimore Ravens, who had a better uh, standing than we had uh, with uh, 14 and 2, if I'm correct. Uh, they got more points than we got. We lost uh, three points to uh, to the Seahawks. We lost three points to the Baltimore Ravens, where everyone said uh, Lamar Jackson would pound us to the ground. And we lost uh, seven points to the Falcons, and only because uh, that last genius play by J Julio Jones uh, mm -hmm. demotivated us in the last second. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, garbage time touchdown. But, you know, but think about it. If we had a the Seattle game, you know, we picked up a kid who was having his lunch in Panda Express, gave him a uniform and said, hey, you're our kicker. <laughs> <He'd make that> <laughs> <laughs> we would have beaten Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> well, and remember last season... Yeah, we only won four games, but the, a lot of those 12 games that we lost, we only lost by three points. Yeah. So this so has been building for yeah. three years, really. It, it has been brewing. And, you know, we've got the pieces in place, you know, especially Richard Sherman. I think we need to mention this guy. Oh, because yes. He's added that X factor to this team in terms of leadership and belief and mentoring. And he's so invested emotionally in our team. I think the both of us, uh, Deepak, we really, uh, I, I remember when he came, we were two of his uh, most uh, adamant critics, Very much but so. he uh, he proved us wrong and he proved that he is a leader and doesn't only have a great mouth. No, and he's in it for the team. He's not in it for himself as an individual. And this is a really important distinction. I mean, think of another high tag player that we had that came and joined us, won a Super Bowl. And ran away. Dion and said, left. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. This, this guy is actually invested in the team. He wants 
the younger players to be better. He wants the best to be more accountable. He's a positive effect on the team in every single way. Offense, defense, everything, you know. And let's not forget special teams because we have made some banging plays on special teams. Yep. Yep. Even, even I call, started calling him Uncle Sherm. <laughs> you know, that's just one of the things that you can't put a stat on is, is people like Sherman. It's people like George Kittle. Do you remember that Seahawks game where he wasn't allowed to be on the sidelines? It oh, my was, God. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. Doing everything he could to get on the field. You know? yes. <laughs> to him being there meant so much to the team. Like, oh, gosh, we need this guy. You know, we're... we're Everybody's playing for each other, and this is something, forget the Chiefs, but no other team in the NFL has right now, is this sense of togetherness. When Witherspoon got lost his job, he said to the coach, look, I'll pick up the special teams assignment so he's rested on defense. Yeah. Who, does, who does that in the NFL, you know? Yeah, yeah, the scene of the season for me is Richard Sherman after the NFC championship game, uh, crouching on the field, uh, and sucking in the moment and I think that amplifies uh, what kind of leader he became I mean during his Seahawks days he would have ran all over the field and even shouting at opponents and he, he sucked the whole uh, situation in and I think that was a really great moment well, and that shows how much he's grown as, as, as a player, as a person, as a leader, in that those juvenile behaviors that he exhibited in, in Seattle, we're not seeing with him as a Niner. But he also had, remember, towards the end of his time in Seattle, a few years that weren't that polished. They weren't that great. You know, he was injured. He had, you know, stuff going on. He, he just wasn't, you know, wasn't sharp wasn't crisp, wasn't there, wasn't, you know, making the plays that he had made against us in the past, although he was still a threat, you know, he wasn't as um, polished is the only word I can think of for it as, as a cornerback. And now I feel like he's not only has he matured as a player, as a person, as, as a teammate, as a leader, as a captain, um, I feel like he's really kind of conditioned himself to play the best where he's at now not mm -hmm. trying to get to where he was when he was younger. Yeah, Mark and Socha shared a nice uh, story yesterday in an interview. He said after the uh, Revis uh, Sherman beef, he asked Richard Sherman, why did you have to answer? And Richard Sherman said, I had to say something, but I was nice. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget, in Seattle, he had a load of douchebags around him. That kind of leadership had been wasted on them. You know, they wouldn't know what to do with it. Yeah, that is true. That is true. So uh, questions from the group. My dad last week, I saved this one for this week, and this is my father. Uh, Greg Varley asks, will Jimmy G throw more than one, more than 10 uh, passes? Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so we're talking 11. <laughs> 12. <laughs> uh, and, all Simon, oh, go ahead. and all for touchdowns. <laughs> all for touchdowns there we go <laughs> 11 touchdowns 11 throws you know i wonder what his quarterback rating is going to be the highest ever for a super bowl that, you know. that would be so funny 11 yes, 12 throws 11 touchdowns one interception <laughs> oh stop no we don't want any interceptions <laughs> uh, no 
we want one early interception. Uh, <laughs> look at the season. Garoppolo always got better after an early interception. That's true. <laughs> That is true. <laughs> Simon Holtzworth wants to know, well, he's asking what everyone's celebration plans are. I want to know what your Super Bowl viewing plans are. So us guys, um, as many of you know, were meeting together in Liverpool. It was sort of, we didn't want to tempt fate by planning this ahead of time because we didn't know we were actually going to be in the game. But uh, if anybody can make it to Shooter's Bar in Liverpool, uh, we'll be there. Uh, there'll be plenty of FaceTiming with our friends that are far away in America and especially in Europe. We have uh, a very close tie with the Niner Empire in Germany. One that we really need to do more with, but we can have that discussion offline. <laughs> yeah. There'll be plenty of things going on. Uh, uh, I think we're all going to have a really good time and some very sore heads in the morning. <laughs> as we still don't believe that we've become NFL champions. You know? I know. It's it's just, it's, I still, like I said last week, I still feel like I'm dreaming. Yeah, I will. I will go to Berlin uh, to join the Niner Empire Germany Berlin chapter on their Super Bowl party. Uh, but there will be four big Super Bowl parties of the Niner Empire Germany. Um, one uh, down in Baden-Württemberg, uh, one in uh, Witten uh, in North Rhine-Westphalia, and one which is maybe interesting for uh, for our favorite Danish guy Kim. Um, is in Flensburg, near the Danish border, or better, in Harisli. Oh, nice. I personally will be sitting on my couch with my two best friends next to me and one of their kids, and we're going to just eat and watch. Well, they'll eat. I'll be chewing on my fingernails. Uh, <laughs> we're just going to have a nice, relaxing Super Bowl that leads to a win. Yeah, it will be relaxing. It's not going to be one of those cardiac arrest games. Like we've had the last half of the season. We're not having another one of those. <laughs> I kind of got used to having two in a row that weren't like that, and I sort of like it, you know? Absolutely. So, Deepak, you had asked a couple of questions in the group as well. It's well established by ESPN and the NFL Network that the 49ers so far haven't played anyone good and therefore are not worthy of any type of Super Bowl discussion. But does that apply to the Chiefs, too? Clearly, it doesn't apply to the Chiefs. So look at their schedule. AFC West, the worst division after the NFC East in the NFL. Then they have the Cupcake NFC North thrown in. Uh, the only decent teams those guys played were the Ravens and the Colts. Sorry, the Ravens and the Patriots, uh, which they both lost. And they lost to Indianapolis and they lost to Green Bay. Barely beat Minnesota by a field goal and lost to the Lions by four. Think about that. And they say, we have a Cupcake schedule. <laughs> really really you know <laughs> yep but they're gonna cry and say oh Mahomes was injured well he was injured well guess what we were down to third stringers and practice squad players for three or four games in this season so I, I don't understand why the media just simply is refusing to accept that this 49er team is even in the Super Bowl let alone discuss them or, or talk about them Have, have we played anyone yet? Um, uh, just kidding. I mean, when, when, we, when we faced Carolina, they were on a hot streak. We dominated them. Then came the three-game uh, period, uh, or better, first came the Seattle game. 
Um, the Seattle game, we lost by three points in overtime in the last second because uh, Shanahan got greedy and wanted to win instead of taking the draw. Then um, we we won against uh, Los Angeles, who were on, this, on a streak at that time. Um, the three-game streak, uh, we dominated Green Bay. Uh, everyone said before the championship game that uh, said it was a fluke. Um, we were on par with uh, Baltimore and uh, lost uh, due to the best kicker in the game. I can say that even if I'm not a Baltimore fan. And uh, then Jimmy aired it out with Drew Brees, uh, first ballot Hall of Famer. Then uh, Los Angeles came again, and this time they were really strong, and we uh, held them uh, on arm's length. Uh, we underestimated uh, the Falcons. I think uh, if we, it was a trap game, and if we would have taken it more serious, I think we would have won that too. And then we stopped Seattle uh in the last second, um, I mean, the team has nothing more to prove, and m we maybe started against weak opponents, but uh, we finishes it against strong opponents. Does the fact that we didn't need Jimmy G to throw the ball much give us a significant advantage in that the Chiefs have virtually no film of him in the playoffs to strategize against? Yes, it does, and uh, that we didn't need him much the whole season. I mean, how many times we really need him? Three times, four times, uh, of 16 games. Um, that shows uh, Shanahan has a lot of uh, things uh, other teams didn't saw, and I really think Shanahan will open this year's playbook uh, for the Super Bowl. Do you have anything to add? I think we all know that Jimmy G has a, a turnover in him here and there. He's gotten better at protecting the ball, but at the same time, he does get it done. He will get it done. And if he does turn it over, for him, and this is the most important thing of all, for him, it's no big deal. He just doesn't even think about it. The next series he's in, you wouldn't think that he'd thrown a turnover and he's being over careful. He is just lights out. When he's Absolutely. on fire and his hand is hot, The guy's almost as unstoppable as our run. <laughs> Mike Farron wants to know, do we start with the same game plan, i.e. run first, or do we try and surprise with a few slants, quick throws over the middle, or even a deep throw? I think we will start with uh, a trick play no one uh, thinks about. It. I think they are waiting for us to... Either uh, uh, try to get Jimmy in the game really fast or um, get the run game running. Uh, I think uh, with the first play we will surprise him. Maybe even use Pettis, uh, who no one has a game tape of. Really. <laughs> I sort of do think that he will go with the running play. Um, that's not to say it's vanilla running. Um, we all know how clever he is with the blocking assignments that he gets the traps, the counters, all of those things to find a gap for the edge rusher. And you've got Kittle pancaking people as he runs upfield. So I think we are going to see running plays, but I think he's going to show the Chiefs blocking schemes and different holes and different gaps that they've never seen. And I don't think many coaches in the NFL have seen this year. Yeah, and on, all, on our offense, every player can pancake an, an, another player, even the quarterback. <laughs> They all love their blocking, that's for sure. Yeah, they do. And 
that's the dirty work in the NFL that people don't really want to do. But our guys, they'll do whatever it takes to win. And I think that's the attitude that's going to make sure that we get our sixth ring. These guys will do anything for the team and anything for each other. And I can honestly say I don't get that vibe from the extensive coverage of the Kansas City Chiefs. That's all about. But the one thing that they haven't been able to show is what are they actually like as a team? Mm-hmm. They have It's just Mahomes and nothing else. Stephen Box wants to know something very important. What was your favorite Super Bowl halftime show? Bruce for me, sorry, Michael, but definitely Springsteen, because I'm a big fan of this, so no brain. Mine starts with Bruce too, but it's Bruno Mars, because he really... <laughs> He really surprised me. I always thought he was this uh, lame ass uh, guy who sings sings about love and uh, fi- uh, he starts rocking and it was really really good. I think I know one Bruno Mars song. <laughs> Mine actually um I really enjoyed the Prince halftime show. I I you know I love Prince and um I also enjoyed the U2 halftime show. Those are my preferences. Uh, Nathaniel James wants to say and ask, here we are in a great position. The team cohesiveness is possibly the best it has ever been. If we finally end this 25-year drought, what are our thoughts on MVP for season and Super Bowl? Oh, or one or the other. I'm, I'm, I'm good. For, for okay. season, it's for me, it's Raheem Mostert because no one... Uh, saw it coming, uh, what a breakout year he has. And in the Super Bowl, um, I think it should be the guy that's most important for our victory. So George Kittle. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe Nick Bosa, or maybe Jimmy G. Or maybe Drake Greenlaw, or maybe... (laughs) I mean, there was was a guy who people thought would never replace Joe Montana, who has uh, has had the most uh, uh, touchdowns in a Super Bowl. In a Super Bowl, yes. That's my boy. Number eight. I thought he was better than Joe Montana. I thought so, too. Um, I'm not going to entertain the answer of a Super Bowl MVP, because we need to win that first. I know we're going to, and we're confident, but let's just win that first before we have that discussion but I do think it's a discussion to have about a team MVP the season's over you know it could give it to a number of people um uh-huh. absolutely great shout by Michael um Debo Samuels lights out Dickie Bosa oh, yeah. lights out George Kittle lights out you know and some love for the old guard Staley this is this, uh. we want to get a ring for, for Staley you know I mean all of these guys Sherman there's an MVP candidate for you for the season for all the things that he's brought to the team, not just with his ability and his ability to play, but the X factors that he's brought in terms of leadership and motivation and, and tutelage. You know, this guy has, has changed the mindset of a lot of the younger players on the team in a very positive way. What about Dre Greenlaw's stop, you know, against Hollister, where he stopped him a yard short? I say it's a yard short. They say it's an inch, but it's a yard um, <laughs> that was the play of the season, though. Well, yeah, I mean, but then so was Kittle's fourth and two, and the the third mm-hmm. cut down in sixteen. Dan, Daniel Daniel Bronskill. Yeah, yeah. The for, me, for me, it's he is even if I love Joe Staley and I love Big Mike, 
because you know here come the Irish. But um, Brunskill has to had to jump in for Big Mike, no problem. Then in the next game he has to jump in uh, for uh, on Staley's position because uh, school was overwhelmed, no problem. Then he has to jump in for uh, Mike Person, no problem. That that guy uh, had the best PFF grades of our offense line this season. And let's not forget Juice, you know, yeah. in the NFL by a mile. You know. Our deep threat is a fullback. <laughs> well, and Dwelly is no no slouch either. Even after he filled in for Kittle, he played well when he filled in for Kittle. But then even when he when Kittle was back, he was still blocking and tearing it up down the field there. Yeah, this this guy uh, this 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 uh, punt play where uh, he uh, freed the ball and uh, Juice uh, recovered it. This is mm-hmm. one of my favorite plays this season. Is that the one with Kittle on the sidelines yelling, "That was Dwelly! That was Dwelly!" I yeah. think yes, and it was yeah. the one where. Where um, Kyle gave uh, Juice two chances to finish uh, what he started. <laughs> if I had to pick a, a season MVP, uh, I think it would be Richard Sherman because of the things that he's bought as well as his or probability to play the game. I think he's bought the intangibles that have made a winning mentality and got the team thinking for each other. I think that's priceless. You know, that's not something you can reward in terms of numbers. He's given us more than that, you know, and for that reason, he would be my MVP. Yeah, I think if we learned one thing this season, uh, if one player on our squad is uh, near uh, uh, irreplaceable, it's Juice. Uh, The the game uh, stalled a bit when Juice uh, wasn't playing. Um, I think uh, he is uh, the key player... uh, because you can use him as blocker, you can use him in the pass game, and you really, even Kittle, when Kittle was not there, Dwelly jumped in, but there was no one who really uh, took this uh, fullback spot uh, as uh, Juice played it. There's a point. All right, guys, I have two minutes on the clock. Are we ready to play the two-minute drill? Yeah, let's go. All right. Michael, with all the hype surrounding the fact that Jimmy hasn't passed enough in the two playoff victories, do you think Coach has an advantage now and can introduce more complex unseen passing plays? Yeah, I said it uh, before. Um, Now, let's open the playbook. (laughs) Deepak, will our front four be able to get enough pressure on Mahomes? Oh, yeah, 100% yes. (laughs) Michael, given the fact that the run-up to the big show is two weeks... How would you keep the players focused? Would you give them more time off? Make them practice more? No, I would say uh, work your ass off uh, until the kickoff. Um, <laughs> like, uh, for example, uh, Jerry Rice uh, made the 1995 team do so. Mm-hmm. Except for Dion Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> Deepak, who will have more fans in Miami? Um, I think the Chiefs will, especially when you include the media, so the Chiefs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Michael, with all the haters jumping on the KC train, does this give us that extra edge and motivation to prove them all wrong? Yeah, it did the whole season, so why not in the Super Bowl? (laughs) Deepak, if you had to guess, would you have Jimmy throwing 200-plus yards? Yeah. Yes, um, I can see that actually happening. Um, and he's certainly capable of going more than 200. 
If you ask him for 200, he'll give you 250. Ask him for 300, he'll give you 350. As long as he doesn't throw any picks, I don't care how many passes he throws. <laughs> Michael, will George prove to Kelsey that he is indeed the best tight end in the NFL? Yeah, I don't think he needs to prove it anymore. <laughs> Deepak, will the Shermanator shut down Tyreek Hill? Yeah, yeah, easy. Michael, who do you think is under more pressure to win, Coach Reed or Coach Shanahan? Coach Reed, because Coach Shanahan uh, didn't lost as <coughs> Super Bowls at coach as Coach Reach as a head coach, and I think um, I think Jed York will give the team another year or two uh, to get back to the Super Bowl before he uh, pulls the plug. But I don't think uh, if uh, Andy Reed has so much background in at, at KC. Awesome, and we are well out of time. All right, so we are just about done. Is there anything else you guys want to say? Just go Niners and bring it home. Quest for seven next year. <laughs> yeah, I like the way you think. Yeah, let's go and get that ring. It's 25 years overdue. <laughs> just one more thing, too. I think the faithful deserve this. We've been through some terrible times. Michael, we've had times where we didn't even record the podcast because we just didn't know what to say. <laughs> exactly. I think I don't. I don't want this, uh, the ring uh, or this uh, Lombardi uh, as a fan. I want it for Joe Staley. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. That guy stayed with us in dark times. Uh, he. I think he probably had could have gone to teams who were more con- contender than we were, and he stayed. And I think he amplifies what faithful means but i have two wishes uh for uh john lynch first of all if we win the super bowl please give us a super bowl edition of brick by brick <laughs> yes and yes. second if we win the super bowl please give us a super bowl edition of joe show <laughs> you need to tweet him love it love it well we are out of time it is time to say goodbye boys bye everyone bye everyone Thanks to Audionautics.com for the music. Thanks to Andy Mitchell, Daryl Nils-Hanman, Deepak Gohill, Graham Ross, James Little, Jason Argo, Mark Lyon, Nathaniel James, Neil Jepson, Paul McDonald, Rob Newell, Ross Irwin, Simon Holdsworth, and Stephen Box for all the work they do on the show and in the group. My apologies if I missed anyone. And if you would like to be involved in the show, just let us know. We're always looking for members to help out, contribute, or appear on the show. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Niner Empire GB, and on Facebook, search for the group Niner Empire GB. Be sure you check out the Frequency 49 blog on Podbean or your favorite podcast site. You can also email us at Frequency49Show at gmail.com. On behalf of Deepak Gohill and Michael Wandry, I'm Kat Victorino. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Go Niners. Go Niners. Acapella version. <laughs>